0: We've been really interestingly socialized and conditioned toward negativity. This is the the conversation that always happens with the media, right? We we do, for example, a lot of work with the media. And when you talk to media people, you say, my God, could you people ever like report on something positive for God's sakes? I mean, there's so much great news happening in the world. Why are you only giving negative stories? And what they say is, That's what people want to read. And then of course we say, well, that's what people want to read because that's what you print and, and it's a chicken and an egg situation. You know, you don't know exactly which came first in that situation, but nonetheless, what we do know is we have been conditioned or socialized to love that, which is negative. You know, you say a negative thought comes and it stays. Well, it stays because on some level I'm enjoying it. There's a part of us, this is the same instinct that when people get together, if you actually put video recorders or just audio recorders in every one of us without us knowing them, and then you rewind them and you studied them for negative and positive conversations, what I think you would find is the vast majority of conversations are negative. Even the ones that we consider quote unquote, harmless. You go to a party, you go to a wedding, you go to someone's house for dinner, you come home, you're in the car. It's very rare that people say, wow. So-and-so looked fantastic. They're doing great. It was so nice to see them so happy. We sit in the car and we say, oh my God, so-and-so got really fat. Did you notice? Oh my, did you see so-and-so talking to so-and-so's husband? I wonder. We, we love it. There's something in our conditioning that has primed us to love that kind of talk. If you literally just put audio recorders in people's living rooms, in people's cars, what's the harmless chit-chat gossip that we're doing with people? We're talking trash about other people, even our friends. My God, she should really, you know, like look in the mirror before she walks out of the house. What was she thinking? She wore that sari last week. My God, just silly, stupid nonsense. But we like it. And so in the same way, when the negative thought comes in our mind, it stays because on some level we enjoy it it plugs into that aspect of us that enjoys the negativity. Positivity has started to seem boring to people. We hear this actually, tragically a lot on a on a spiritual path. Well, God, I'd, I'd love to be spiritual. I'd love to, you know, go more on a spiritual path. But I... I would miss the drama of life. You know, I think I would get bored on a spiritual path. You hear this a lot. So there's this incredible misunderstanding, misdirection that that muza, that excitement comes somehow in this negativity, in this nonsense. So when it comes, it's there because that's become our habit. What to do about it? Well, nicely, the same thing to do about what happens in your thoughts is going to have a ripple impact in your relationships. And, you know, so many people come in and they talk about their children. We want to give our children sanskadahs. I want our children to be on the right path. I want our children to be spiritual and not material. What do we do? How do we get them back on track? And they don't even realize that actually they're the ones who in their own conversations, these seemingly harmless, nothing chit chatty conversations in cars, in living rooms, around the dining room table, have actually been the things that have sent our kids off track. You know, the phone rings, you're running late. You're supposed to meet people. It shows you on the phone. It's the people you're supposed to meet. You say to the child, We're on the way. Tell them we're on the way. Now your child knows that you're soaking wet in a towel. You've just walked out of the shower. You're clearly not on the way. Nonetheless, they're obedient. They do what you say. But later on, when these kids start lying, and we wonder, we are the most honest people. We are Dharmic people. We are Sanskati people. How did our kids go off track? We don't realize the subtle impact of this. So the conversations that we're having outside are mirrors of the conversations we have inside. Right? That which is inside is that which is outside. And so as the negative thoughts come, don't latch on to them, don't hook on to them. If you imagine that you're looking at a blue sky, on a windy day and there are clouds that are blowing across that sky. So those clouds are the thoughts, okay? The sky is your consciousness. Now, when a cloud comes across the sky, you have two options. One option is you hook your attention into that cloud and you follow it all the way across the sky and you keep following that cloud wherever it goes. The other option is you focus on the blue sky between the clouds. And this is as we meditate. But it's not just as I close my eyes and sit in meditation in my mind there. it's as I bring meditation into my life. When thoughts come, I have a choice. Do I hook into them and follow them, or do I focus on that space between the thoughts. So for example, I'm stuck in traffic, supposed to be somewhere. Negative thought comes. Hell with this. I hate this, whatever it may be. Some negative thought comes in that moment. Now I have a choice. What most of us do is we hook into it. Thought was, I hate this traffic, hell with this traffic. I hook into it and suddenly it becomes, this always happens. It's my stupid wife or my stupid kids or my stupid mother or my stupid employee or my, who's somebody who made me late. They always make me late. I've told them a thousand times to be ready on time. They're never ready on time. I cannot believe it. Why doesn't anybody listen to me? What kind of respect? Why do I have no respect ever? My God, I've worked 50 years to hold this family together. Nobody can even be ready on time. So you see where I've gotten, where I started and where I ended up and you could keep going, I remember, yeah, last week also, she made me late last week. We missed the flight. My God, all that money, I had to get new tickets. They're totally ungrateful. They don't realize me to work for them. So a little bit of traffic, a little bit of frustration, one negative thought. And suddenly here I am at war with my family. By the time I get to the next red light, I'm ready to disown them all. Or to fire everybody in my business. I mean, whoever, whatever drama I've cooked up in my mind on this thought. So that's, that's one option. The other option is I stay focused on the space between the thoughts. That blueness of the sky, that consciousness. I just bring my awareness back to my breath, back to my mantra back to whatever I meditate on, even with my eyes open. And then of course, another thought comes and I do the same thing. What we don't really deeply realize is our thoughts are tickets. Where we end up, we have gotten there on our thoughts. So if you are miserable. It is your thoughts that have made you miserable. I'm not saying that external circumstances have been fantastic and perfect. Nobody's are, but the internal experience of the external is due to my thoughts. And we pay very little attention to how, how we hook into them, which thoughts we get on, you come here from Mumbai. When you get on a flight, you make very sure we are on the Dehradun flight. Because Dehradun jana, Rishikesh jana. At the airport, you're not going to just blindly walk on any plane and end up in Calcutta or Chennai or Bangkok. You know, I have to go to Dehradun. You understand that whatever airplane I sit on, that destination is going to be where I end up. But with our thoughts, whatever thought I hook myself into, it's taking me to where I'm going to end up. I cannot decide that I want to end up at a destination of peace or joy, light, ecstasy, and have thoughts of frustration, of anger, of competition, and keep getting on these these trains, on these planes. They're taking me to misery. Which means I better figure out how to get on the thoughts that are taking me where I want to go. And it's not about pushing them away. You cannot repress them. It's not about pretending I don't have them. It's about laying a new pattern. As I said, we've been conditioned, we've been programmed by society, by our media, by a thousand things to prefer the negative. Well, give yourself a new programming. It's never too late. This is the power of thought. Decide from now on. I'm going to think peace. I'm going to think love. Not in a repressive sort of way. Not in a fake way. But I'm going to see the joy. I'm going to see the perfection everywhere. And if I can't, I'm going to create enough space in myself that whatever that thought of negativity comes, it just dissolves. It dissolves into the spaciousness of me. But I'm not going to hook myself into it, into any thoughts. I'm going to keep hooking myself back into the space between them. Because ultimately that's the goal. It's not about good thought or bad thought. It's about the space between the thoughts. That's where we want to go. So just as you do when you meditate, you keep bringing yourself back in the same way in life also. Thought comes, okay, just bring yourself back. Back to the mantra, back to the breath, back to the center. And eventually that will lay a new sanskara, a new habit. You know, nothing, nothing will stick. but it takes practice.